Today's session is the sufficiency of Christ for my daily salvation. I wrestled with that title a bit, thinking about position and condition. So I decided to say it like this. Our daily salvation is really talking about living a victorious life. That's your first blank. I just give it to you. Our daily salvation is really talking about living a victorious life. And some may slice it up differently and say it's called sanctification, but for the application today, that's what I'd like to consider it as. Living a victorious life. In Jesus. In Jesus. When I first became a Christian, September 14th, 1974, I made public confession to Christ, and I have uh, before I went to the water, it was like weights off my feet. And I have never, ever even doubted the transformation that took place. The experience has been always, uh, uh, not always, but uh, sometimes often less than my potential in Christ. I can remember the first time as a young man that I had a moral failure after conversion. And I could about take you to the spot and I said, wow, I'll never do that again. And to be sure I never do that again, I'll make a vow to God. How do you think that worked? And why wouldn't that work? Because something I did. Merle's salvation in the power of his flesh. I'm looking forward to sharing with you this message today on the sufficiency of Christ for my daily salvation. Let's turn to the book of Romans, chapter 6. Verse 22 and 23. I want the girls read 22 in unison, and the brothers read 23 in unison. 622, go. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and in the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you. The gift of God is eternal life. That's now, that's daily. That's forever. The gift of God is eternal life. I'm going to read to you 
Let me go back out to Calvary just a little bit here. In John chapter 19, you may open with me to John 19. John 19, verse 34. Jesus is hanging on the cross, obedient to the Father. He has created a capacity for all of our sin to be laid squarely upon him. I just want a little bigger picture before we start today. John 19, 34, after he's given up the ghost, one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. You have to get up pretty close to see that. I think John was up real close to Jesus. That's where I want us to be today, is up real close to Jesus. Close enough that you could be like John and see blood and water. And he that saw it bear record, and his record is true, and he knoweth that he saith true, let's all say this together, that ye might believe. Wow, John was about the big picture here. Over in the 20th chapter, as he ends up the 20th chapter, in the 31st verse he says, All these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. There's where we start today with our daily salvation. The water and the blood, the life that's in Christ for victorious living. I have two verses here. I just want to sing together. And then we will start the message. Rock of ages, left for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side with load be Not the 
The goal of this lesson is to live daily salvation. Notice I have this live daily salvation by abiding in Jesus Christ, the true vine. Let's go to John 15. I think you have it right on your, uh, right on your worksheets. And we're going to say this together. John 15, verse 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. So, We'll see how we uh, see how we're doing here with our branch today. Has anybody changed your mind? Do you think that there's any any hope for the branch? And who is the branch? We. Yes, we're the branch. So today I'm going to do you know give you a little more hope. You know, yesterday I just you kind of looked through here. So we'll even turn around, and make it a little bolder. Uh, now you think it'd be better? Why not? Still not connected. Not connected. Connected to what? The true vine. The true vine. Yeah, make sure we get that in there. It's the true vine. You'll find out why. Because there are other false vines that men and women try to get life from. Okay, so we're dealing with the true vine. There's no life outside of the vine. So, to live daily salvation by abiding in Jesus Christ. And so we're going to take my daily salvation and insert my daily salvation into the true vine. Now, that's the backdrop for the message on my daily salvation. Again, uh, as we said yesterday, abiding is right there. That's the intimate, organic connection. Abiding in the vine. All these lessons are going to get their life from the same source, and that is the true vine. Why is this lesson important? Because it makes us aware of the glorious power of salvation that is available in this present life. Now, we're not talking about uh, coming out of Adam and into Christ. Of course, that is true. But for the context of the message today, it's more about walking in Christ and complete victory in Christ. It's to make us aware of the glorious power of salvation. I've said many times it's like it's like the left foot, right foot, moment by moment, 
intimate, living, abiding experience. And we're calling it, for the sake of the title today, Salvation. And that's today, November 15th, 2022, at the Youth Bible School. This message is really simple. I'm going to walk through it real simply with you. I'm going to say, first of all, that my daily salvation is a person. Is a person. Oftentimes you hear references made to the plan of salvation, and I would like to make sure today that our focus is on a person and not a plan. If I focus on a plan that says, okay, I can, you know, I, this way, two inches, this way, three inches, or, you know, I, I, got, I got my road map, and uh, then pretty soon, you know, I, I could have the potential of thinking, well, I did it. I followed the plan. I am sensing today that plans have a dead end to them. Because plans is something that you get charged up about. It might be a program that you're on. It might be a, a certain um, set of uh, disciplines that you're on. Whatever it is, and you're excited about the plan, and you get more excited about the plan than you do the man, and all of a sudden you're in a dead-end street. Oh, you make another plan. I'm going to make something that work better this time. I'm going to, I'm going to vow twice this time. No, it's about a man. Salvation is a person. Salvation is a man, not a plan. Now, I understand there's some application for uh, why that is said, and I'm not being critical of that, but for the sake of this lesson, we are talking about a man, and we are not reducing salvation to a plan to keep. It is a relationship that you live. Plan is a route that you keep. You can keep it in the flesh, and you can... You can, it goes up and down. It goes into all kinds of dead-end alleys. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Let's have a reader on the first row, the brother's side. Do it without the microphone. Lift up your voice. As one brother says, lift up your preacher voice. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Very good. So what in that passage uh, insinuates that salvation is a man? 
and not a plan. He shall save. Who's he? Jesus. Jesus. And Jesus means, uh, is it uh, 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 Yeshua is Jehovah's salvation? Is that, is that, huh? What is it? Pete Smith? You have a word for that? Jesus. God is salvation. Yeah. Thank you. So, this man, this uh, son that uh, God gave the child that was born is a person. A person that brings what? Salvation. Salvation. And the title of our message is Daily Salvation. But salvation is a person. John 14, 6. Let's have a reader up here. I've got a microphone, but if they can hear you without it, that'll do. Go ahead. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay. Thank you. So is there anything in there that, that signifies a person? I am. I am? Me. Me? Okay. So here again, it's oftentimes you hear this quoted and you're, you almost get uh, distracted into thinking, oh yeah, this, this, this way. This way, it's like, like somehow there's this, there's this route. But don't miss the picture. Don't miss the truth that the way is a person. And that person, the way, is Jesus Christ. The way for my daily salvation. He is the way. And the reason he is the way is because he is the truth. truth. And when you are the way and the truth, you give what? Life. Today we call it daily salvation. When we fail. I'll talk to you a little bit more about that in a bit. Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, uh, second row. I am he that liveth, and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Thank you. Now this is on the other side of what? Resurrection. The resurrection. But we still get this... Uh, personification of our salvation. He says, I am he. I was dead and I'm alive. I'm alive forevermore. And in case you are struggling in your spiritual life, I have the keys 
I have all authority of death and hell. That person is the daily salvation that we are referencing here today. The next passage, Hebrews 4, 14, a second row right here, the sisters. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Thank you. Back row. What did you get out of that passage that insinuates that uh, we're talking about a person? It's passing from place to place. Say it again. It's passing from place to place. Okay. He was in all points tempted like as we are. That's right. You've got to kind of dig a little harder here. Any more? A priest. A priest. Good catch. Okay. Any harvesting gleanings up here that they missed back there? Good. It's just, again, it's this picture that we're not just talking about some philosophical something somewhere or this some kind of a plan. Pete spent so much time this morning covering this that the, Jesus, my daily salvation, is both divinity and humanity. And we'll go over some of those things that he taught you this morning. Otherwise, when I fail, I would just be speaking to some ambiguous, no different than the people that walk around the, the uh, temples of Buddha with the prayer wheel in one hand, spinning the big wheels in the other hand, saying their prayers. We have a priest. We have a go-between. We have someone for my daily salvation that can take the burdens of my heart, can take the prayers from the altar straight to the throne of God. And if you don't know how to pray, he hears the groanings that cannot be uttered. And the Holy Spirit interprets them. I'm so excited about my daily salvation. Life is worth the living. Daily salvation. Once I started studying that, you brothers, I, I got more and more excited. I first thought about a phone call. I said, are you sure? But I'm sure you were sure. Now I'm sure. So this Bible teacher that we all know, he said, God resolves the problem from Genesis 3 in a person. And he 
told us about how that God is good and loving and he harvested these things from you, uh, but he's not compromised. Uh, and then man, God made a promise. And then Jesus being a man, the image bearer, uh, sons that represent God, uh, hopeless, selfish, pitiful, foolish, and so forth. But he becomes the, a, the just, he is just and the justifier of those which believe in Jesus. Saved unto good works. My daily salvation plugged in the true vine. Saved unto good works. Let's move on. My daily salvation is a picture. And I'm going to say that my daily salvation is a picture of the vine, branch, and abiding. Well, I'll say it this way. My daily salvation is a picture of the branch abiding in the vine and the byproduct of this, we're going to see the picture of fruit. Okay? So let's turn to John 15. We were there yesterday, and hopefully we get there every day. John chapter... 15. And let's, um, let's do this this way today. I think maybe we did it this way yesterday. So the sisters read verse 1 in unison, the brothers verse 2, sisters verse 3, brothers verse 4, and then the entire congregation uh, will give the staff even a, a chance at, at one whack, and uh, we can do verse 5. Okay, sisters. I am the true vine, and my father is the husband. Good, thank you. So we just identify here again that uh, we're talking about Jesus being the vine. And again, who is the branch? We are. Okay, what is the result of a branch abiding in a vine? What is the organic result of that? Life, fruit, okay. So let me ask you another question. My daily salvation. Is it the branch's responsibility to bear fruit? No. Or, oh, you're so ahead of me. <laughs> 
or abide in the vine? Abide in the vine. Thank you for that. I like that. <laughs> Responsibility of the branch is always to abide in the vine. And the byproduct of a branch abiding in the vine is fruit. And the focus is on the abiding, not the production. Because the fruit is not for the branch. Who is the fruit for? The, vine. the husbandman. The husbandman. The fruit's for the husbandman. The fruit is, that is up to him. He comes through the vineyard and, ah, oh, I pruned that one just right. Wow, this one needs just a little more pruning. He gets out the shears, the cutters. And when we think we're having a difficult situation and that, oh, we feel like we just got a big old whack. Fruit is coming. If we bite in the vine and we love our daily salvation, Fruit is coming for him. Well, notice in, if you have your Bible open there, uh, please open it if you have closed it. What kind of a vine is identified in verse 1? True vine. True vine. So, uh, it, does this mean that if there is a true vine that there is potentially false, vine. false vines? I wonder what they are. My daily salvation comes from being abiding in the true vine. The question I need to ask this afternoon is, do I have other vines? Is there something I'm trying to get life from? We may take a look in a little bit. So the father comes through and he cuts and he prunes to produce fruit. Verse 2 says, Every branch that is not bearing fruit, uh, he takes away. So there can be production and glory brought to him. Verse 3, our relationship is maintained with the word. You are clean through the word. You can have a lot of applications to that, but I think a simple one is a good one. How many times have you ever just been reading the word and you just got a clip? or a rip, or just a little tender, maybe lift you up out of the dirt. The word is designed in this daily salvation 
to keep me in a healthy, abiding, organic, and intimate relationship with the vine. Okay, now, verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you. Branch cannot bear fruit of itself. We've already talked about that, except that abide in me, the vine. No more can you, except you abide me. I think it's, it's really pretty simple. Um, our relationship with God, my daily salvation, I'm going to say, my daily salvation is guaranteed. I believe it. Do you? I believe it is guaranteed as I abide in the vine. That's what the Bible says. And I'm excited about that because otherwise we have to have a place to where we can go and choose life by faith and be planted in Christ and trust Him for the results that's to follow. My job is the choosing. My job is the abiding. His job is to continue to guarantee and nourish the relationship. I hesitated about verse 6, but I think I'm going to try it, see how it works. Um, I didn't have it up there, but, but it is here, and, and I'm open for uh, your comments afterwards. There's, some people really have a struggle with, with God cropping off a branch and... and uh, I'm going to say that I don't know everything that this looks like, but I would suggest something that it might look like. So, um, it's Brother Austin, right? Would you come up here, please? Now, he looks like a good... Uh, we'll just say that, that the main part of him is, is like the vine, and it's, it's, it's going to break down a bit. But he's got some pretty good branches, I'm, I'm guessing here. Okay. Pretty good branches. You stretch them things on out like that. Oh, yeah. Put your fingers a little bigger than that. Yeah. You stretch the other one out too. So you've got a vine, you've got a branch. Now, let's do something here. So we're going to put a little fruit on here. All right, there we go. So we've got vine, we've got branch, and uh, we got just uh, put a little more fruit on here. You know, load him down pretty good. Now, it's going to get heavy, believe it or not. You look big and strong. But let's just say, so things are going along pretty good. I'll help you a little bit. Things are going along pretty good for him. And um, uh, we're, we're actually saying that, that we're talking about a branch here that's connected in the vine. 
And uh, what does the sixth verse mean? Somebody read verse six. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Okay, thank you. So I'm, not, I'm just going to say this. It is our choice to abide. Now let's just say that um, he he's, uh, comes along here, and, and this person, it wouldn't be him, of course, but they've just got some secret sins. And they're just not going to deal with them. And, you know, eventually, if this was for real, not really, if this was for real and I really got tight on this thing, what would eventually happen to this branch? Huh? The flow would cut. The flow would cut. And then, like, would wither. wither and die. 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 Okay, start dropping him off. Dropping your, yeah. And see, eventually, he loses fruit. Uh, eventually, uh, the branch is, is worthless, right? In at least that illustration it is. I just give you that, just a simple illustration. You can, we'll, we'll get you back to life here. And uh, think about it. You know, you say, well, my daily salvation. You know, as I listen to, sometimes I listen to people and they pray. You know, that things are kind of, well, oh, I'm pretty good. Yeah, they seem to, um, I'm just saying stop. The intimate, organic connection with you and Jesus Christ is always a healthy concern that I need to be giving my 100% clap, focus, attention because that's where the life is. For my daily salvation. False vines. Would there be any false vines? I asked you earlier. Uh, I just threw up some vines here that uh, maybe you could just consider. I'm not going to spend any time necessarily on them. But I just tried to put up some vines False vines that, that people may kind of try to, to stick into, to plug into, to try to get life from. Uh, vines that would take time, that would take resources, that would take money perhaps, that, that we could use for kingdom building, and on and on and on. Just think about it. Sports vine. You got the money, uh, the fears vine. It talks about, and the doubt vine. Uh, choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection, Jesus said. How does that impact the kingdom? Do you have any other vines, false vines? Here's a vine that always oh, shocks people no matter where they see it. Like, what? The church vine? I've worked hard to build this. Well, it is possible to rest in a false vine, to rest in a doctrine, to rest in a creed, to rest in a fellowship, to rest in a measuring up standardization of something. And to be careful it, um, there, that we don't try to get life out of a false vine. Here's another one. The social media vine. The, I call it the social media idol vine. Uh, what is your digital uh, life like? 
Uh, do you maybe not want to admit it? Uh, sometimes people say, well, I just don't hardly spend that much time. And it's kind of interesting to look sometimes maybe how much time you do spend. Oh. Not saying it's all waste, but just careful that it's a kind of a fine line where you're trying to get life. Here's a fashion pride uh, fleshly vine trying to get life there, uh, so forth. Here's another one, the entertainment, lazy, uh, lustful, temptation vine. These are just some vines you may consider. Okay, my salvation, my daily salvation is a promise. Daily salvation is a promise. So I just want to say this. You notice in the picture there is a uh, rainbow. And if I came bursting into class, or let, let's just say, let's use someone back there. Uh, let's just say Brother Chris. I mean, he's just full of life and he comes bursting into class. And uh, he says, hey, I've just had a revelation from God. There's going to be a worldwide flood. And everyone's going to be destroyed. Would you believe him? No. Why not? Promise. promise. Right. I mean, I mean, there's just so many things. That you, you, you would never be fooled if I tried to fool you with that. Or Chris did. As, as, as convincing as he is. He, he's not going to fool you with that. Because, because you've bought into the promise. Well, there's also a promise about my daily salvation. Like John 3.16. Uh, let's see. Where are we at the reading? Are we back to the back row of the sisters? Someone read John 3.16. So they can hear you back there where uh, Tom's setting. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Thank you. Middle row. What's the promise? <coughs> everlasting life. Anything more? Just, okay, everlasting life. Yeah, you're right. What's the condition of the promise? Believe. Believing. Believing what? In Jesus. In Jesus, yeah. Just simple. I can still about take you to the place when I was a young man. You know what? I can believe that verse. And I believe that verse just alone right there. When I've struggled, I come back to that verse. Do I believe this? God so loved the world? Yes. He gave His only begotten Son? Yes. Whosoever believe in Him? Do I believe? Yes. I claim that promise. Everlasting life. Those are just some of the little things about daily salvation. Claiming the promise. Daily salvation is a promise. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, uh, are we back to the back row of the brothers? 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you. So, um, what do we see? Uh, second row of sisters, you get the privilege here. What, what do you see in there? There's a promise. God is faithful. 
Can you hear back there? No, they can't hear. God is faithful. God is faithful. Did you get it? Do you believe it? Yeah. They believe it. Okay, so God is faithful. Um, so, okay, big deal. God is faithful. Uh, how would that promise, how are the things you read in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 revolve around that promise, impact you for daily salvation? Back row answer. Provides a way of escape. Provides a way of escape. Oh, who needs a way of escape? A oh, back row answer. Everybody. Everybody. When? Daily. Daily. I mean, you just see, we get so balled up in life, we get so entangled up in ourselves. that we sometimes just plain forget the promise. There is no temptation taken me. I can have daily salvation. But I need to choose to believe the what? Promise. The promise. Daily salvation. Choosing to believe the promise. First John 1 and 9. Um, let's see. 1 John 1, 9. Jace, we'll let you read that. Raise your voice. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. So, when is God faithful? Ooh, this is going to be... Ooh, that's going to be a hard question. He's always faithful, isn't he? In that, in, in that context, how does God demonstrate his faithfulness? If we confess. If we confess. Confess what? Our sins. Our sins. For daily salvation. salvation. Good. God is faithful all the time. And keep that in mind. We worked on that yesterday, a couple different sessions here. Uh, always have that in mind. Okay, uh, 1 John 5, 4. First person to get to it, read it, please. Whoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Amen. And so we're back to that thing on faith. Uh, I was interesting this morning, and nobody asked me, for my devotions, but I was sure ready. I had, I read one, um, one chapter in the Bible, and it was just my daily reading, it wasn't just, and 20, I got 23 points out of it. It's a good thing they didn't ask, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, it's just the word faith 23 times. Anybody got to guess which chapter it was? Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. I, and I may have miscounted. But it's like 16 times it's by faith. Five times through faith. One time in faith. And I'm sorry to say there's one time that says without faith. It is to please God. So naturally, we're going to pick verses for our daily salvation that require locking on by faith, through faith, by faith, in faith, 
the same way that faithful uh, men and women of God always have. Okay, next of all. Now you may kind of, ooh, where are we going with this one? Faith is a process. Uh, that doesn't sound like much of a guarantee, but just, just stick with me here. I think, I think we can uh, make it work. Faith is a process. Uh, I'm meaning more about uh, a process of living out, now listen closely, a process of living out what is living in. It is an experiential fleshing out of what is faithing in. If it's faithing in, it's fleshing out. Okay? And I'm just choosing to use the word process. And it, it maybe doesn't sound too spiritual, but I uh, think we can get, get the lesson. So, uh, Romans 6, verse 4. We have a reader. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ we raised up, was raised up from the dead by glory, the glory of the Father. Even so, we are also, we also walk, should walk in newness of life. Okay, thank you. And there again, do you see anything in there in Romans 6 and 4, just quickly, that, that might resemble a process? Baptism. Pardon? Baptism. Oh, that, well, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, raise up. Walk. Walk. I mean, all of it. You know, it's, it, there's just so much action in there. You got, you got, yeah, things going on. Process. Uh, you had conviction, then you had baptism. Uh, then, you know, you're walking in it. Yeah, just uh, good job. Let's move on down to Romans 6, 16. Someone got a handle there? Know you not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness? Yeah. So Clarence, you see anything there that's a process? Yielding yourself servants? Yeah. Anything more? Obey. Obey. In other words, it's just another aspect to highlight that uh, there is a, because of who I am in Christ, gives me the opportunity to choose to follow that power and based on that promise, to live out, to obey, to choose life, uh, to choose to follow, to choose to be obedient, uh, just to... Another aspect. Here's another one. Uh, Galatians 5, 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So what do you see there? There's a process. Walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. And people say, well, what does that mean? Well, let's uh, read, the, read that verse again. Read it again to me. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Jose, we got two things going on here. So we have, if you turn the verse around, and it was, if I was walking in the flesh, then I would not be what? Fulfilling the lust of the Spirit. That's right. If I'm walking in the flesh, I am actually tying the hands of the Spirit. And so sometimes it's kind of complicated what that really looks like. 
And I, th I think it's, it's really simple. Um, if anybody can read all these languages, you, you'd get an A+. I'm sure the staff would have a, a reward for you. But so I'm going to actually get in the flesh and just give you just a little simple illustration. This, this says flesh on it. It used to just be in English, but it's taken on a few more uh, variations. So this is a picture of someone that making some choices. And remember, when we're talking about process, when we're talking about living in daily salvation, you are either walking in the flesh or in the spirit. That's right. It's just that simple. As we talk about a process, what does it look like if I am walking in the flesh? So I make, I make decisions for the flesh. We talked about it last night. Things I can't get out of or things I'm, I'm trapped into in this flesh suit. Uh, maybe not just the flesh, but the actual uh, sin, the world, uh, the devil, and all that that I choose to obey. So I know this is really crude, and maybe I'm not sure even anybody totally, everybody totally understands or gets or agrees, but think about this. I'm in the flesh now, and I'm choosing to walk in the flesh. I'm just kind of taking a little fleshly holiday, okay? I'm a Christian, but you know, a little bit of fleshly appetite now and then won't hurt anything. You okay with that? Well, what really happens, here's the spirit. It's like the spirit is all powerful and it's like as ignorant and as, as, as terrible as this sounds, it's like I actually, in the power of my flesh, have the power to bind the hands of God. Now, does that sound ridiculous or what? That's the way it is. That's the importance of this process, of walking in the Spirit. Because if I'm not walking in the Spirit, I'm walking in the flesh. And when I'm walking in the flesh, I am what? You're actually, it's like, the Spirit says, hey, I'm sorry. I create the world. I'm in the, I'm in the, in the bosom of the Father. I'm in the bosom of the Son. I could make your day. But you got my hands tied. You're down there making promises. You're down there trying to find a plan. You're down there trying to find a new discipline. Get out of your flesh. And so the opposite is true. When you go back to the that my salvation being a process in Galatians 5.16. Let's have that read again. All the brothers read that together. Galatians 5.16. I say walk in the Spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Great. So, you know, a lot of times we talk about Jesus, you know, I'm in you and you're in me and we wonder kind of what that looks like. There's other illustrations for that. But sometimes I think it helps just to, uh, you know, give that a zip up here, please. Thank you. Sometimes I think it helps to actually see it fleshed out. Okay. So, the obvious is, is that if we are in the Spirit, 
and we're talking about this process, like, okay, I'm abiding in the vine, uh, you know, walk in the spirit. Let's show you how important this is. Some people say, well, you know what? I'd like to be a Christian. I've tried to be a Christian. But for me and my background and the things I face and the conditions in my life, you know, it's, it's just hard to do. I don't think I can do it. But the Bible says that if we walk in the Spirit, if we walk in the Spirit, if we're processing life in the Spirit, we're making choices in the Spirit that we will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. So it's like in the Spirit, as weak as I am, but based on the promises of God, in the Spirit, I come in the power of the Spirit through the authority of the Word of God and actually have the power to bind the hands of the flesh. That's my daily salvation. Process, left foot, right foot, left foot, walking in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the loss of the flesh. I heard a quote the other day, brother shared. That when I fail in the flesh, it's evident, proof, that I was not walking in the Spirit. Maybe that's not quite how it was said. When I fail in the flesh, I think it was evidence that I am not trusting God. Because God would never fail. So when I fail, I'm in my flesh. Just something to think about. It is uh, great uh, inspiration to think simple about these things. Am I in the... There's a choice I'm making right now. Heard about choices today. Heard the Chris decisions. Is the choice I'm making. Is it going to make provision for my flesh? Make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Ah, that's a great job. Thank you. The next passage. Ephesians 2.10. That's great. There again. Just, we're His workmanship. We're created for good works. God has ordained. We should walk in them. I put the picture up here of the... Of the uh, Oh, what's it called? Pilgrim's Progress. You know, because you can see the castle clear up here, and the lions are there, and they're ready to, you know, knock Pilgrim off his path. They're roaring, and, but, but he walks on, and he walks on, just like you're going to be called. You're going to leave here on Saturday afternoon. You're going to be called to walk on. Walk on. There are going to be lions roaring. You're going to say, the stuff you heard up here, it, it's just too, uh, it's pie in the sky. Uh, but I'm going to tell you everything you hear up here that's based on a promise, God will fulfill if you believe it. Last of all, my salvation is pleasure uh, and my soul shall be 
joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. There again, Psalm 35 and 9. Notice, where does the soul rejoice? In his salvation. Salvation is a pleasure. Someone get Psalm 16, verse 11. And read it, please. My salvation is a pleasure. Someone read John 15, 11. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Amen. Here we go. Salvation is a pleasure. Uh, Psalm 40, verses 1 through 3. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it, and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. Our salvation is more than just doing the right thing and avoiding the wrong thing. Our salvation is a what? Is it? You didn't? Oh, kind of like pleasure. My salvation is trying over to your sister. My salvation is what? Pleasure. I believe it. Brothers, my salvation is? Pleasure. Wow. When you go out on the Mondays and the Tuesdays and the rest of the days of your life saying, Lord, you know, this is a process and, I, and I'm a walk in the Spirit and this is a pleasure. And you're singing. And I was telling the brothers the other day, we had this, uh, this brother from Vietnam stayed with us and I think he must have spent an hour and a half in his room on the first afternoon he was there. And I tell you, I've never, oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I mean, he didn't make, he didn't make his prayer softly. And the next morning, same thing, about an hour, hour and a half, just over there, just praising the Lord. Wow. And I can do that too. And so can you. And I think you do. All right. Are you ready to take the salvation leap, the daily salvation leap? Oh, this sounds scary. I've talked to people at Bible school before. Don't worry. Uh, they, they didn't die. Uh, there's people at Bible school before. They say, are, are you ready to take the, the leap? Oh, no, I can't do it because I'm afraid it'll go home and it won't work. Oh, if you're facing something you want to get rid of in your prayer room today, you want to facing something you want to get rid of in the moral purity room today, and you think I'm not ready to get rid of it because I'm afraid it may not work, it may come back upon me, it may make me look bad, that's fear. It's time to take the leap, the bungee leap of faith into the person, into the picture, into the promise, into the process and into the pleasure of Jesus Christ's salvation daily. Will you take the leap of faith for your salvation? Will you take the leap of faith this lesson requires? In the book, uh, The Sufficiency of Christ, written many years ago by John MacArthur, there's a story about a man that wanted to go on a cruise. A poor man wanted to go on a cruise all his life. As a youngster, he had seen an advertisement for a luxury cruise, and ever since he had dreamed of spending a week on a large ocean liner, enjoying the fresh sea air, 
relaxing in a luxurious environment. He saved his money for years. He carefully counted his pennies. Often he sacrificed personal needs so he could stretch his resources a little farther. Finally, he had enough to purchase a cruise ticket. He went to a travel agent. He looked over the cruise brochures, picked out the one that was especially attractive. He bought the ticket with the money he had saved so long. He was hardly able to believe he was about to realize his childhood dream. Knowing he could not afford the kind of elegant food pictured in the brochure, the man planned to bring his own provisions for a week. Accustomed to moderation after years of frugal living and with his entire savings going to pay for the cruise ticket, the man decided to bring along a week's supply of bread and peanut butter. That was all he could afford. The first days of the cruise were thrilling. The man ate peanut butter sandwiches alone in his room. Each morning and each evening, he spent the rest of his time relaxing in the sunlight and the fresh air. He was delighted to be aboard the ship. But by midweek, the man was beginning to notice that he was the only person on board who was not eating luxurious meals. It seemed that every time he sat on the deck or rested in the lounge or stepped outside his cabin, a porter would walk by with a huge meal for someone who had ordered room service. By the fifth day of the cruise, the man could take it no longer. Peanut butter sandwiches seemed stale and tasteless. He was desperately hungry, and even the fresh air and sunshine had lost their appeal. Finally, he stopped a porter and he exclaimed, Tell me how I might get one of those meals. I'm dying for some decent food. I'll do anything you say to earn it. Why, sir, don't you have a ticket for the cruise? The porter asked. Certainly, said the man. But I spent everything I had for that ticket. I have nothing left with which to buy food. But, sir, said the porter, didn't you realize Meals are included in your passage. You may eat as much as you desire. As ridiculous as this story may seem, that's often the way we choose to live. The ticket has been paid. The price is paid. The passage is sure. There are pleasures in Jesus regardless of the circumstances and the situations. And too many times we settle for a stale diet of something that we think 
we earn. The sufficiency of Jesus Christ has now become my daily salvation. Could you say that together? If it's real, don't say it if it's not. If it's real, I want to hear you say it. One, two, three. The sufficiency of So brothers and sisters, I still must tell you this as a shepherd and as a true man of God. My daily salvation is not about me. My daily salvation is so I have the fresh message that the world is waiting to hear. Your neighbor. I don't know where God's going to take you brothers and you sisters around this globe. But everywhere your footsteps tread, there will be someone that needs to see and embrace the message of daily salvation. And if I don't have that message of daily salvation, if I do, don't have that life, I really have nothing to offer the world. So the world is waiting for the person, for the picture, for the promise, for the process, and for someone that will bring all of that to them in pleasure.